From Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Monday edition of The Drive. Hope everybody had a good weekend. It was a really nice weekend. It was a hot weekend. Um, you know, hope everybody got the chance to, you know, enjoy Mother's Day if your mom's around. Uh, and, um, you know, hope everybody came through the weekend doing well. We're uh, glad to be here with you. Bill, Dan is entering the building. Brian Matthews in as he usually is on Mondays. So uh, welcome into the Monday Drive. Uh, a very... I mean, very productive. We have, the last few Mondays, Brian, we've talked about how productive it has been. The weekend has been for Auburn baseball, but wow, with exclamation points this time. Yeah, really a, a dominating performance, um, just in every facet. They go to Ole Miss, the defending national champions. They, they were really never threatened mm-mm. all weekend. Nope. Uh, I mean, they got great pitching. They got great hitting. They played good defense. Uh, they got timely hits. I mean... They, they got a lead, and then they added to it. You know, they kept pressure on Ole Miss. I mean, I just never thought Auburn was in danger of losing any of those games. 16-4, to 8-2, and 13-5. to 5. Yeah, and, and really that game, too, what, uh, should have ended at 12 nothing probably, right? Oh, yeah. You know, they, they came back and got four quick runs They did there. In, the, in the seventh. Yeah. 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 It, it could, could it have seemed, been a run rule. With yeah. the way Ole Miss has been playing, it seemed like an opportunity this weekend, and Auburn took advantage of that opportunity. They banked three SEC wins. We were... Before the season started, with the prospect of Joseph Gonzalez actually pitching for this team, how many folks had Auburn getting to 14 conference wins? With Joseph Gonzalez, I think, I, think there was, uh, I think there was optimism that Auburn could be a 500 or better SEC I'm team. I'm trying to remember so, the preseason. So, yeah, where, where were we with, with, no, no, the preseason picks. Uh, Auburn was picked at the bottom. Right. Yeah. But Auburn was picked at the bottom last year when they made the College World Series. That's yeah. sort of what I meant. So I'm thinking Auburn people felt pretty optimistic about the potential there. That's, you know, well, actually, when you look all the way back and Joseph Gonzalez... Carson Skipper, yeah. Tommy Sheehan. You know, you're yeah. going to count on those guys. And then you'll fill in with some uh, talented, inexperienced arms. Because I think everybody thought this team could swing it pretty good. Yeah, Oh, yeah. And, and they have showed that, especially the second half of mm-hmm. SEC play. They didn't really swing it well the first 15, but uh, they're batting over 300 uh, the second half and uh, hitting a bunch of home runs and yep. driving in runs and uh, just playing outstanding baseball in every facet right now. Yeah. My, my point is, I mean, Auburn was picked, by the way, I looked it up. Auburn oh, was yeah, picked, Auburn's picked at the bottom. Auburn was picked to finish sixth in the Western Division in the preseason poll, mm-hmm. ahead of Mississippi State, but behind LSU, A&M, Arkansas, Ole Miss, and Alabama. And that, you go back to February, that was when people thought Joseph Gonzalez was going right. to factor for this season. For this team to do this, without to get to 14 with three winnable home games coming up, to, to do that without Joseph Gonzalez throwing an inning of SEC play, I mean, th- this is one of, I'll defer to people who have watched more Auburn baseball than, than I have. Is this Butch's best job in conference of turning things around and getting a team peaking 
towards, I mean, regular season. Prob- because eh, I mean, even the teams that went to the postseason were they, and, and made deep runs. Were they, were they surging the, like this? I'd say this is the best turnaround in a season I've seen from yeah, Butch. Right. right, yes. I mean, yeah. the job he's done, keeping the spirits high, and we'll talk to Justin Kirby, uh, who, who's, who's in the locker room and understands better than anybody uh, that we're going to get to talk to about how things have gone day-to-day for this team. For, for, for Butch to get the team playing like this, and with numerous individuals who need to be you know, acclaimed for, for what they've done Lately, I mean, it, it really is just an, it's a sensational season for a guy who, I mean, there are too many great teams in the SEC. He's probably not going to get Coach of the Year consideration, right? Because right. some of the teams near the, the, the top are, you know, look, look like more bona fide national championship contenders than Auburn. But the job Butch has done, it's, it's, Hard to say too much about it. I mean, am I am I on the right track here? Brian? No, I, I agree. I mean, like like Brian said, I think the uh, when you talk about single season turnarounds too, from where Auburn was at five and ten, yeah. I guess uh, then six and eleven. Um, so I mean, yeah, I mean you look at it now. Uh, Auburn's Auburn's won eight of their last ten SEC games. Yep. They're nine and three. Nine and three over the, the last four half. series. They have an opportunity to win seventeen games in the mm-hmm. SEC, and they haven't won um, that many or more since two thousand ten. I mean, that's just, it's just, and to think about that happening after what this team looked like the first half SEC play, going five and ten, couldn't throw a strike, couldn't get a, a, a you know the bullpen pitchers. The first guy they faced. Was yeah, now they're not walking anybody. Time. Yeah. And 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 the the pitches that are over the plate aren't being belted the way they were earlier. <laughs> yeah, so just... so yeah, it's been a phenomenal turnaround. Fourteen and thirteen, and now tomorrow's game against Jack State has been canceled. Uh, so they will. So they have three games left, and everything is focused. I mean, on this weekend, and it's not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, if if they could sweep the series and win a game or two in the SEC tournament. I think it would be very difficult to argue that they shouldn't deserve hosting a regional. Yeah, I think they're getting closer now. They moved up from, I think, 27 to 20. 29 to 20. 29 to 20. There you go. Uh, so that was a big step up, right? Right. Um, if they win the next series, if they have some success in the tournament, they're going to be, be playing high RPI. Right. Even Missouri, I think, is a top 40 RPI team, maybe top hmm. somewhere in the 30s. I, I, I haven't, haven't looked at that. So, you know, they're going to get credit if, if they win that series, too. So, um uh, it's just really amazing to think about where they were and where they are now and, and what the opportunities are in front of them. Although I will keep saying that, you know, this is not a team that can just show up and beat Missouri. Missouri, I th- no, think no, no they won or swept their series last week, and they're fighting uh, for one of those two, uh, you know, the, there are two teams based, well, three teams, wait. No, two now because Ole, Ole Miss is out. Right, right. Um, fighting for those, you know. last The last spot. Right. So uh, Missouri is one of those. And, um, you know, they're going to come in here really determined to find a way to get into the SEC tournament and postseason play. So Baseball America hasn't updated their projected NCAA tournament field since before uh, this past weekend. Uh, But going into this weekend, they had Auburn as the two seed at the number 16 seed, which would indicate that Auburn would be the 17th 17th team in the field, and they'd be playing Mm -hmm. uh, as as the two seed. Boston College, I believe, was the team that Baseball America had hosting. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about 17 seeds playing at the 16th seed when we we get to the other diamonds. I I just thought it was interesting how how that worked out, because that's Baseball America projected that for Auburn baseball going into this weekend before Auburn swept Ole Miss. Uh, And... 
that's exactly where mm-hmm. Auburn softball finds itself. Yeah, so we'll talk about that and much more. Let's uh, let, go ahead and take care of a little bit of business before we get to John. Um, hour number one of The Drive brought to you as usual by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And they're also the sponsor of our hotline. One of the ways you can get through to us by calling 334 321 1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the Drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which is available however you listen to podcasts. Use your favorite podcasting platform or the podcast center at ESPNAU.com or RadioAlabama.net. All presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Bill, I made a, a brief mistake there. Um, it was a slight mistake. Uh, Auburn was the uh, Auburn's projected as the two-seed at number one Wake Forest, not number 16 Boston College, a slight difference from Baseball America's oh, okay. most recent projection. Uh, they had Auburn as the two seed at the number one at team. the top seed. That would mean they were the bottom two seed. That's seeds, exactly supposedly. right. So that, okay. But the, again, that was posted on the tenth. Right, so it's before Auburn swept Ole Miss. But Baseball America, in their latest projection, had Auburn as the two seed at the number one team in the country, hmm. Wake Forest. So they're well, moving up. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the Kia of Auburn hotline here at ten minutes after four o'clock on this Monday. And John is up first. Hey, John. Hey, good afternoon. I uh, took the day off, and my w- wife is working me like a rented mule, cleaning out the garage, and I'm about to have a heat stroke. Oh, yeah, no kidding. It's uh, it's so cool today. Yeah. Keep, uh, keep everyone. Yeah. Keep Stay everyone. hydrated. Yeah, yeah, fluids. Fluids. Yeah, I had to come in for a glass of uh, Chick-fil-A sweet tea, but uh, I had a, uh, <clears throat> wanted to express some disgruntlement, and you tell me why I'm wrong. And uh, not that it really matters as far as Auburn's seeding, because if Auburn softball had of a, been able to host, it would have been at the 16 spots, and we'd probably been hosting Clemson, which the only thing that does is uh, benefit the fans by being able to, you know, the Auburn fans being able to see them at home, because the winner of that series is going to probably have to play Oklahoma uh, if they advance. Yep. But my, my question is, how in the almighty is Alabama a five seed with 18 losses the most in the uh, Top 16. Yeah, I don't know how they're a five seed. Their RPI is higher because of their non-conference schedule. Auburn's Auburn's non-conference schedule, I mean, that, that that's not answering why Alabama's is. But Alabama had much better success in the non-conference against teams that were ranked higher in the RPI. But, yeah, I'm... I'm more than a little surprised that they're the number five seed overall. The computer rankings, and I'm I'm not you know a softball bracketologist by any means, but the computer rankings seem to have liked Alabama's RPI all. You know the the computer rankings liked Alabama's schedule all year. They were, they were overperforming in RPI, even in the latest rankings. Uh, they're twelve, which isn't. I mean, for I, I could see the the number twelve team in RPI from a major conference being. You know, it's there. There are a couple SEC teams. I don't. I don't have the softball tournament rankings in front of me. I don't. I don't know exactly where everyone is. See, but I know Alabama was behind LSU and Tennessee among SEC teams, and there's a uh, there's a Sun Belt team and a Big Ten team ahead of Alabama too. That that maybe Alabama could have conceivably jumped. But one one thing I wondered was: do they do they not when they're uh, setting their seedings? Do they not take injuries into account? Because you got Montana Fouts right now, you're wondering I read her, some, her I read, status. I read a quote from an NCAA person on the committee that said they did not. Well, so so in, so in softball they don't, but in basketball they do. At least in this particular okay. instance. All right, so it's is... different sports, different things. So it doesn't matter if the best, if you know, if one of the best players or the best player on your team is out, they're still going to reward you, I guess. I, I guess. Well, good for them. So, so uh, 
so they don't count losses against you as long as you're playing quality opponents. Because ten extra uh, ten extra losses would seem uh, pretty compared to the rest of the field as a pretty uh, would would seem that way. Yeah, if, that, if that's the case, we need to start scheduling UCLA and Oklahoma and. All the top dogs. Auburn well, did play Oklahoma. Yes, didn't go, so, didn't go well, but they did. Well, play. but it, Oklahoma, you know how many games they've lost this year? One. That's right. Yeah. Uh, 40, Scott, Forty-three game win streak. Yeah, yeah. Scott ba- <laughs> Scott Bagwell pointed out to me that over the last three years they're now one sixty-six and eight. That's incredible. <laughs> it's yeah. unbelievable. Uh, yeah, well, so that's Clemson, your reward if you beat Clemson in the uh, in yeah. in the uh, regional. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, one last question. I'll leave you alone. Auburn's canceled his last two uh, midweek games against, uh, or maybe three weeks. Uh, well, well, the first one was a rain out. Yeah, right. right. Although they, they traveled up there to play the game. Mm-hmm. Now, this this week, the Jacksonville State a, game was canceled. Is that just the rest of the pitchers for the SEC series? I would say that's a pretty good that That's a pretty good uh, It also could be Jack State being a 175 in the RPI, too. Could yeah, be, because it it's just going to drag you down. Mm-hmm. And RPI, and right now, strength of schedule and RPI is so important that even playing this game was going to hurt you. Right. I, I wonder if Auburn <laughs> would have been, you know, if, if this were a game Auburn needed to improve their tournament position, I wonder if they would have gone. No, I don't think at, they no, would. No, I think if, they would have looked, tried to play it. Yeah, I think they would have tried to play it. But in, in this case... There are a couple of reasons why maybe it's advantageous for Auburn to cancel the game. So, all right. Well, like I said, Auburn basketball is uh, turned to 180, and I'm uh, happy to see that. But uh, I appreciate y'all's time. Y'all have a good day. Appreciate the call, John. This is what I'll say about softball, and regardless of what happened with Alabama, that, to me that's two separate issues. I know it's not for a lot of people. Um, Justin Lee posted on Twitter last night that Auburn is the first team in 11 years to win 15 conference games and not host a regional. So it is surprising. It is. That. Standpoint. Yeah, I mean, they finished third in the conference, and there are two teams that finished right. behind them that are hosting, but that they beat. But one thing we know from, and I'm not an expert on softball selection committee, but one thing we know from the basketball selection committee and the baseball selection committee is they do put a lot of emphasis on your non-conference schedule, who you play. Um, we've heard Bruce Pearl talk about this many times, how important that scheduling is, how important for him to find these group of five teams that are going to win their conference or uh, well, it's not group of five in basketball. It's um, I can't think of yeah, mid majors, mid majors. Thank you. Are, are finished, you know, top two in their league, or you know, make you know good teams that maybe you don't necessarily mm-hmm. think are good teams because you follow football closer than you do basketball. Well, when you look at Auburn's softball schedule, St. John's, Fordham, Illinois, Indiana, yes, sure, Austin P, Villanova, Dayton, um, Merrimack, Brown, North Dakota State. Uh, Bowling Green, you know, it's just um, Tennessee Tech. They probably needed to do a better job in the first month and a half of the season scheduling better opponents. Uh, I mean, I just think um, it's not all the NCAA, you know, I don't know. having it out for right. Auburn. I, you know, part of it, I think, is them putting Auburn into their formula and the, that non conference schedule pulling Auburn down to the point where they fell from a team that you would think would be maybe a. 10th, 11th, or 12th. Yeah, you, I would think top 12. Right, to a team that's now basically 17th. Um, so I, I do think, you know, it's not just some great conspiracy necessarily. I think there's a reason that this happened to Auburn, and I think the reason is their non-conference schedule. 334-321-1390. Bill, Dan, Brian, Matthews from AuburnSports.com. Just underway. Come on in and join us here on the Monday Drive. 
Hey, sports fans, Jeff Myers here, First Baptist Church of Opelika. Well, it is playoff season, at least for NBA basketball and NHL hockey. And in recent days, we have seen the unprecedented, that's right, two number one seeds, overwhelming favorites in the playoffs, lost in the first round, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Bruins. Speaking of the Bruins, they not only were a number one seed, they set an NHL record for the most points scored and the most wins. However, both of them are now in their living room watching the rest of the teams play. Why is this important for us? Because both of these teams started incredibly, had wonderful regular seasons, but they didn't finish strong. 2 Timothy chapter 4 encourages us to finish the race that the Lord has begun for us. No matter what your race looked like in days past or even days present, may you finish your life, may you finish your race strong for the Lord Jesus Christ. Y'all have a great day. Day. You're live on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive, 20 minutes after 4 o'clock here on this Monday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Brian, Matthews, we opened up talking about Auburn baseball and softball, and we can we can do that some more. Yes, softball in <clears throat> as the number 17 seed, so they get to go to Clemson, and then the winner there is matched up with number one yeah. Oklahoma. Well, I mean, they are going to go to Clemson with a chip <laughs> on their shoulder. You can see that from social media and some of the posts that were made, and I don't blame them for that, even though I, I said that you know they need to right. strengthen that non-confiscated. It still was a surprise to me that they did not get a higher seed, and I can understand why they're disappointed and a little angry about it. So I hope they will apply that motivation to the field and go up there and do what they couldn't do. I think it was last year they went to Clemson and lost, right? Uh, so yes, that's where the season ended last this year. This is an right. opportunity for them to take a, a step forward in uh, you know, the sixth year uh, under their new head coach. Yeah, so um, that, and then we've got baseball, as we talked about, really, you know, coming on strong here down the stretch, and the uh, season-ending series Thursday through Saturday. Now, now, one thing, if you have tickets for tomorrow, for tomorrow's game, you can use it, you can use any tickets Thursday or Friday. Now, Friday, they said it's getting close to being a sellout, right. so, I mean, you might just have to be squeezed in somewhere. But it's still good to know if you had tickets for tomorrow night's game that you could use them Thursday or Friday. Saturday, you're out of luck. <laughs> right. And uh, it's it's a series that um, you feel great about Auburn's chances, the way they're playing right now. But, again, Auburn's got to you, you don't want to You don't want to stub your toe right. and sort of stumble into the uh, SEC tournament. I mean, you're going to be in the postseason. Yep. But, I mean, you want to continue the momentum. And the good thing is they went to Ole Miss in a similar situation. Ole Miss was a team fighting to be in the postseason. Backs to the wall. Auburn was coming off wins over number two, South mm-hmm. Carolina, number one LSU. So there was an opportunity for a letdown, and the opposite occurred. Uh, they had their foot on the pedal the entire 27 innings, whatever they ended up playing over there, um, which was really impressive. And, um, you know, if they could do the same thing this weekend, you feel good about them winning the series and maybe even, you know, taking all three. Yeah, so um, so that will be here at home. Looking forward to that. Now, there's plenty, there, there's plenty of other sports, especially Auburn sports, to talk about. Yeah. Uh, where do you want, you want to start? Where do you want to start, Dan? You want to start 
Basketball or football? I mean, the Janai Broom thing. Yeah, let's let's is, do that. Is becoming a bigger and bigger story as we get closer and closer to May thirty first, the deadline for Janai to drop out of the NBA draft because he had a great weekend for himself at the G League Combine and has played his way, in fact, to the NBA yeah. Combine. What yeah, I mean, boy, I mean, for him. from the first time he stepped out there, I mean, there were nothing. I mean, all the tweets, everything was like, wow, he's really impressing. Yep. And he continued to. 40 points in two games. He was a leading scorer, 16 of 25 from the floor. Uh, really shot it well from deep. So he gets the invitation to mm-hmm. the uh, to the NBA Combine. And the thing you saw with Janai this season was you saw him improve from game one to the end of the season to where mm-hmm. he was becoming more of a stretch five, right? And um, I, I'm, I think everybody is pleased for how he did the G League Combine, and now he gets a chance to go to the NBA Combine. Uh, Bruce Pearl spoke about this today up at uh, Willow Point uh, before his big golf tournament, and here's what he said. He said, last year, seven guys went from the G League got invited to the combine, Pearl said. None of them got drafted. And so it's really, really hard to make that jump right. because there are so many guys that get invited to the combine that aren't going to get drafted. So uh, I think everybody's excited for Janai, but I think there's still an expectation. There are like 80, guy, 80 guys at the combine. Right, right. And so, there's not that many spots in the first two rounds, and that doesn't include some players who are going to be drafted who aren't there. Exactly. So this is a great opportunity for Janai. He's getting great experience. He's getting another chance to push himself against talented players. And I would imagine he will come out of this process a better player, whether or not you know he, he's you know drafted this year, which still seems a, a little unlikely, or he returns to Auburn, which I think the expectation is still there for that. Yeah, so uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Meanwhile, Tyron Lawrence did not get invited to the right. combine, so Auburn now, you know, hopes to go ahead and reel in that wing. Yeah, and, and we've mentioned several times that we feel like Auburn's the team to beat there, so. This could happen at any time now that, you know, his, in, as soon as he pulls out, I guess, I forget when the deadline was. I think it was May 31st. 31st, maybe, maybe it is. Mm-hmm. So whenever he officially pulls out, you know, you would think that uh, a decision would be coming pretty quick after that. Other schools, um, in the meantime, have tried to get in there oh, yeah. with Tyron. Yeah, he's, he's a really talented Oh, yeah, I mean, wing. a guy that was one of the best shooters in the country down the stretch. He would be a great addition along with the two guys they've already got to play that wing area. So I, I'm, I just think... I don't think people understand how good Pearl is doing right now in the transfer portal, helping this team out, improving the areas that were needed to improve from last year's team. Well, I mean, and, and Auburn, I mean, he, he seemed to lament missing out on, without naming any names, missing out on a wing target or two. It's, it's safe to assume he might have been talking about Matthew Cleveland, uh, who ended up going to Miami. He might have been talking about uh, uh, Jordan Tyson, who ends up going to... I think more Tyson. I, I'm, I'm not sure Cal. that Cleveland fit everything they wanted yeah. here from just and Tyson was coached by off the court stuff. Man, Ty, Ty, Tyson was coached by Corey Williams uh, at right. Texas Tech. So mm-hmm. there was yep. a there was a relationship. Yeah, so maybe there. he knew. Yeah, maybe there Ty, was some Tyson ends there. up. Tyson ends up going to Cal. His brother, the football player from Colorado, was going to Arizona State. And uh, there's uh, another teammate of his. When we get to the football transfer portal, uh, Montana Lamonius Craig uh, could be a name uh, that, that comes up. It, sure. How how significant? I think we talked about this on Friday, Brian, but. How significant would it be for this team if Janai Broom stay, stays in the draft and decides to to go with his pro career? Because it feels like Auburn would be scrambling. Oh, if find... if Janai didn't come back, exactly. it would be more than yeah. yeah it'd be very significant. Bruce, Bruce now, sort of hinted at looking at other <coughs> looking at other posts, but acknowledged they they aren't Janai Broom. Right, right. He said they're involved with some guys, so he does have a backup plan. But um, yeah, it would be a loss. I mean, Janai is Auburn's best returning player, 
and is a guy you saw improve and you think is going to be even better next year um, and, and can really be a tough matchup as a stretch type five. I mean, that's, you know, not many teams have that. And you put that in Pearl's system with some wings who can actually drop some threes. And suddenly, this is a very scary team offensively. Basketball portal is closed, too. So there's not, it's not as though an undergraduate kid out there, if, if Janai Broom decided to stay uh, in, in the NBA draft, it's not as though there's a, there's a four or five under, underclassmen that almost picked Auburn and decides he's going to be able to do, you know, he's, he's going to transfer to Auburn now instead. Do we still have Rob? No. Okay. Oh, I'd forgotten all about you. You, Mr. Producer, you got to remind us when we have a caller there. We yeah, got show- started talking, and I, I forgot I forgot completely that we had a caller. <clears throat> so, Rob, if you get a chance, give us a call back. Um, yeah, well, uh, let's see. So, Bill's right. Huh? That that is that's right. I mean, you know, we're 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 sitting here talking, and it's like <laughs> while I'm talking, I forget other things. So um, let's see. Let's go ahead and just stick we'll stick with basketball. We'll get to football after the bottom of the hour. Um, yeah, Bruce Pearl today at his golf tournament. Um, you know, talking about Auburn still looking for a wing, and and obviously Tyron Lawrence I yeah. think, is is the number one guy there. Um, what's the latest on uh, Julian Phillips? I don't know specifically what it is but i think auburn if he can get a waiver or something happens that you know that rule is changed or something i think i don't know i think auburn be very very interesting i think auburn's biggest competition for phillips sounds like the draft right now i mean he's taking he's going to pro he's going to pro workouts with people he's uh there's there was one of the one of the nba draft uh people i think it was the guy from the athletic who has julian phillips as one of the top 25 players on the board right now in the nba draft there's there's a variety of opinions about Julian Phillips as a draft prospect right now. He seems like someone. My guess, the pitch from Bruce to Julian Phillips is if you have a great season of college basketball like Walker Kessler, right. you could go for yeah. a, Look at how many guys have come in here. First round right. to a top five mm-hmm. pick. Yeah, you could, you could play your way from the fringe to the lottery. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, we don't have Rob back, but Joel has joined us. Hey, Joel. How are you doing today? Hey, Joel. Uh, all right, sir. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, question, I know this is an Auburn network, but have anybody heard about Montana Faust was supposed to say the orthopedic doctor today? No, that's what I was talking about a while ago, that it's, uh, I was a little surprised at the seating with the question. Maybe, you know, maybe they've gotten a good report, but I have not seen anything yet. As a matter of fact, I, I checked before we came on the air, wondering if there'd been any word, uh, because, I mean, she is such... She's, you know, so important to to Alabama softball. Yes, sir. I I didn't know. I I looked on the internet. Right. And I ain't found nothing. No, I haven't seen anything yet. If we if we uh, if we see or hear anything, we'll definitely pass it along. All right. Thank you, sir. Y'all have a good day. Right, you too, Joe. Appreciate the call. It feels like up until up until that game starts, you know, there could be questions about her status and and whether or not she's able to uh, to, to go. Maybe they'll confirm it. Uh, you know, if she's if she's out for the entire postseason or something like that, but but that that seems like it could be a a game by game thing until we until we hear more something more concrete. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. We'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Come on in and join us here on the Monday Drive. Drive 
continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive, 27 minutes away from 5 o'clock here on this Monday afternoon. Bill, Dan, and Brian, and let's get back to the Kia of Auburn Hotline, and Daniel is up next. Hey, Daniel. Hey, guys. How y'all doing today? Doing fine. Good. Um, I just was listening and heard y'all talk about the Julian Phillips stuff, and what do y'all think the chances of us actually even able to get a waiver if we did go after him? Like, what? I didn't... (laughs) I think think it would be very likely. First of all, I think the first player, first basketball player from the SEC uh, that would would challenge the rule, and I guess it would be Julian Phillips because the other guys were in the portal before, I think the SEC is going to say, we're going along with the NCAA's dates, which are 60 days after the... Uh, NCAA tournament select uh, um, the NCAA tournament field is announced. It's like fifteen days difference, right? It's ten days. Ten days difference. Ten. Why, well, why well, have that? because the SEC had it there before yeah, there before were portal changed. windows. Gotcha. You know, the SEC was trying to keep players from jumping into the portal in June, July, and August. Which might right. be, which might be crucial for Julian for Julian Phillips if he tries to challenge this. Would be that the the deadlines imposed by the SEC were in the pre portal era, right. and yeah. I think it would be fair. I think it would have been fair for a student athlete to assume, and he probably should have done his due diligence if it comes to like a challenge about this, but it would have been fair for the, a student athlete to assume that the transfer portal windows for undergraduates would su- match. Su- yeah, supersede, yeah. No, supersede oh. the older deadlines yeah. that the conferences put in. I mean, if the NCAA didn't have deadlines... Well, the SEC hasn't met as a group since the NCAA changed that. Their meeting is coming up... You know, in a couple of weeks. And I think then they will announce, if there's not a challenge before then, I think they'll announce they're going to go along with the NCAA on the basketball and the spring sports. The deadline makes sense in football, as we've yeah. said. Because having, a, having an undergraduate go through spring practice at a team, he probably shouldn't be able to transfer in conference and be immediately eligible, especially, you know, against a team that could be on the schedule. Uh, for you know the, the the information he'd be, sh- it, it's it's understandable why there would be guide you know guardrails against that. Uh, but the Julian Phillips thing makes makes no sense. Do y'all think that? Uh, just another quick question. Do y'all think they would ever, maybe specifically just with basketball, get rid of the waiver stuff or the transfer that transfer rule if they're going to just be handed out? waivers to guys left and right might as well just get rid of the rule altogether right? no i don't i don't think so because i think it's going to be like football that you have to be in the portal by a certain date even for See, basketball I, you think I, I, want? my opinion is i don't know what the sec is going to do but my opinion is they should not have an extra rule for the sec i think they should follow the ncaa yeah. guidelines i think the that's all there that, should be yeah the reason i say that is because what you're doing by doing that in the sec is you're letting some of your best talented players leave the conference and if, if you care yeah, about you're the forcing them whole, to leave. Are you right? against the are you against the the, the spring deadline in football? I mean that's because there's, there's a rule they should, that says, I think it's February first is the football deadline. I think it should be the in. NCAA rule only and the SEC not have extra. You can look at Bear Alexander from Georgia who went to USC. He may have gone to USC anyway, but that's a top five star talent athlete that's left the SEC because he did not have an not because, but he might have had an opportunity to stay in the conference. But Brian, you know, that Kirby Smart, Nick Saban, and right. coaches like that are going to go, right. not, not, we're but not, not going to change that. But that's two coaches, and right now there are 14 other, wait, no, 
There's 12 other coaches in the SEC. About to be 14. I'm not right, sure, right. I'm not sure Hugh Freeze would Oklahoma be and Texas are going to be able to vote, uh, uh, by the way, at the spring meetings right, in right. Destin. But what I'm saying is the SEC should do what's best for the SEC, not what's best for two teams or three teams or four teams, however it is, whether Auburn agrees with it or not. Right. I'm saying the SEC needs to do what's best for the SEC, and that's keeping talented players in the SEC, period. No, you're, you're again. Yeah, no, I think that's. I don't disagree that's, that's with that. One, yeah, that's one way of I at just think one. it's less likely to happen. I understand why they do it, uh, and and I could actually see the SEC um, trying to get the NCAA to come more in in line with that. What do you I make of What do you make of the other side? The idea that someone who goes through spring practice with a team has privileged information and probably shouldn't <laughs> and, should, and shouldn't transfer. That, that sounds like something. The no, that's, that's BS. Okay. That's right. BS. I mean, give me a break. No, I mean, because yeah. but no, we've we've assumed for a while that was the purpose. One of the reasons for the deadline. No, the purpose. Uh, is they just don't that, want somebody that's on their team now right. <clears throat> playing against right. them in a couple of months. They don't want their two five star quarterbacks that lose uh, a quarterback competition to another five star to leave after spring practice. And That's they, they the purpose. They don't want to see them on, the, on another team. It's not. Right. It's not that they're going to have special information about the audibles or the playbook or anything like that. Well, they actually, might, that, well, but that's not the main reason, yeah, I don't well, that, think. That was what I was talking about, that Brian just, you know, raspberry that. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's uh, no, and, and I, I think it's more, and we, I think we've discussed before that what you're probably going to see is more coaches keeping competitions very open well, into, we, into the fall. We saw that at Georgia this spring, as a matter of fact. I think everybody knows who Georgia's starting quarterback is going to be, but I can guarantee you they're not going to name a starting quarterback until well into Fall. And they've already gotten them a little insurance today. Yeah, they did. They picked up the number one, the number one in the prospect in the yeah. country for next year. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, poor poor Georgia. <clears throat> yeah, tough times. Yeah. All right, so um, to the uh, – all right, so to football now, as we were talking basketball transfer portal, as we sort of transition into football, a little surprised, Brian, that Auburn hasn't added a receiver uh, over the last few days, I sort of thought that oh Auburn would have another receiver on board here um, because because the summer term is starting on Wednesday. Not that they have to be in class uh, for the first term. Well, I think Lamonius Craig could pop at any time, uh, but I you know I don't know for sure that he's picking Auburn. I, obviously, he's supposedly at Cal right yeah, now. Obviously, he is making the round and he is going to look for his best opportunity. Wink, wink. I mean, that's pretty clear to what's going on there to me. What? Which uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with no, that. No, no, really. That's what he should do. The thing that people get, if people say that's no, there's something wrong with that, what would 99% of the... Uh, oh, of, man, you know, take as many free trips as you can. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and take the best NIL offer you can get, right? As long as it's balanced out against the other things that you care about. So... Uh, I think that's it's kind of wait and see there. Uh, they also offer until sh- until the NCAA can remove inducement, right? Until they can find a way to say, well, I mean, it, it's one it's one thing to earn a sponsorship with somebody nationally, but it's a different thing yeah. to get a team, you know, one that's dependent on you signing with a particular team. Until they get that out of the of the NIL space, then absolutely, guys are going to be shopping for their best. And friend. the NCAA can't do anything about it. They're begging. No. They're begging yeah. the uh, you know the. They're just hoping to hang on as an organization to do something for them, right? Yep. Uh, they've tried to do well. They actually did nothing and just sat back and lost. Well, anything court they case do after court case, any, after yeah, court any, case. anything they do will violate a state law <laughs> somewhere, right? Right. So they almost need federal law to supersede yeah. that, and we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah. uh, that's a couple of uses of supersede in the first forty-five minutes of the show. But at, at receiver, Montana Lamonius Craig from Colorado is a possibility. They offered Shane Hooks from James Madison. 
He may visit here. We'll see. Uh, he's another big receiver. I think they'd be really interested. Jair Shorter from North Texas um, visited. He's a maybe, I'd say, right now. Um, Hooks is a guy that had committed to Ole Miss right. uh, after playing for Dion last year. If right. they don't sign a pass catcher, they don't sign a receiver between now and I will be ball. very surprised okay. if they don't sign somebody. I was going to say, remember, they, got, they've they, got two transfer receivers in already. Right. Right. Oh, I think they're, but I, I think right. they, they really want, want at least one more. Yeah, two, they did. Two transfer receivers and two incoming true freshmen who, who play Correct. receiver, right? On top of however Correct. many they JC have. J.C. Hart, who is signed as a cornerback, is going to get a first look at receiver. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. In, we've, you know, in we've, been fo- we've been following the J.C. Hart story very there closely over, over the years. Great person and great player. Hard not to root for him. Yes, very much. All right, so you're mentioning, uh, mentioning Shane Hooks yes. and then uh, uh, Jair Shorter. Right. Um, and we'll see on Jair. I'm, I'm not, I think they're waiting to see what the Man, I, I keep Yeah, I keep hearing completely different opinions. Yeah. On shorter, yeah. and then they had Larry Nixon in uh, at the end of last week. He is a middle linebacker and and a teammate of uh, Shorter's at yes. North Texas this past year. And uh, Larry would play the Willie position at Auburn, right next to the Mike, which will probably be um, manned or could be manned by the um, old Miss transfer whose name I just forgot. Um, Austin Keys. Austin Keys. Thank you. Uh, so Auburn could. could could have a 200 i think austin's around 240 yeah and, and i think um and nixon's 238 236 is somewhere in there so you're talking some thumpers now mm-hmm. uh playing those two middle linebacker positions for auburn potentially and i also think that that's a way of of freeing up uh cam riley to yes. get to get a little work on the edge i think so uh, you know i mean i'm sure if auburn you don't will, get isaac Ukwu. right right another guy that even is, if you do i guess but <laughs> Another guy who's definitely making the rounds and, and looking at some um, possibilities and a guy who could be an impact player, I and think, he, right away. You know, it's funny because, excuse me, because he's continually talked about wanting to be in school for the summer term. Yeah. And it's like, well, if he wants to be here, uh, you better you better yeah. go ahead and get ready. Yeah. All right. Now, let, let's get back to the Kia of Auburn Hotline. Rob, I am so sorry. Uh, it's all Drew's fault. <laughs> Uh, we we got started talking and he didn't remind us that we had a call. How you doing? No, that's okay. I had to uh, be on a show in Jackson. I was just going to say, I love what y'all are saying. The lesson for Auburn baseball here is look what happened to the ladies in softball. And I go back to a column that the great Philip Marshall wrote a couple of weeks ago about the just awful bias on the SEC network. And I'll just say, I think it's fine to have former players on the network. Sure. Dead I think it's great to have former account. players. As yeah, long as long as they're you know, as as long as they can be as fair as possible. Yeah. You gotta be objective. And I mean if I was on the SEC network as a as an alum of Auburn, I'd be more critical of Auburn as I am anyway, of any school, because that's my school, I would I would make sure there was no doubt that I was fair. But you've got I'll tell you, Kayla Bro, she just like you can just tell she played at Alabama. I mean, come on. You know, Mickey Dean is building. It's low and slow versus the quickness with which we ascended to the top with, uh, you know, Clint Myers. But I, I'm just – I'm proud of them. And, you know, got to get it over. But the baseball team, crazy as it was, when they were 5-10, and 10, I made a bet with uh, my wife that Auburn would finish 17-13 and 13 because I said, 
Boy, I, that, that's pretty. That, yeah, that's, that, is, that is pretty optimistic. Pretty of course, Rob has been money. known to be optimistic. Yeah, you should. Uh, I mean, if you're on a roll like this, you need to head to Las Vegas and make your, more bets. How long has your wife been a bookie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute, but I, I, hey, I had Angel of Empire in the Kentucky Derby, and I got a show for third. But I'm just saying, I, I just love what Butch Thompson, that guy is one of the most positive, dynamic, people and you know when you communicate with him y'all know what he says and he he doesn't get rattled and he says you know it's okay for players they can get better as the season goes along but look i love y'all show and y'all know as much as y'all know football basketball i think all of y'all are baseball savants i don't i mean y'all are i think that's y'all's favorite sport Am I accurate in saying that? Because you're, you're knowledgeable on everything, but I think baseball is your favorite. It's probably been my longest love. Yeah. And I'll, I'll say <laughs> the sports. It's one of the more um, yeah. <laughs> fulfilling sports to cover at Auburn because because of Butch Thompson, number one, right? Yeah. He makes it easy to cover, and you know it's just it's just um, just a fun sport to cover. You know, you get to sit there for three hours, joke around with your buddies in the press box. You know. Write your yeah. story. You can do other things while you're, you know, it's just, it's just not as hectic as it can be covering a football or basketball game. Yeah, it, it, this SEC baseball, though, I, the, the team having Missouri come in, and, and y'all are right to say, man, look, it's a 30-chapter book. Read Chapter 28. Don't skip the 29 and 30 because right now you're playing for a regional, and look what that meant for Auburn last year. And I, what was Auburn last year, 14 and 16 in the conference? Uh, I think they were right. They were right at 500. Um, I, I think you're right. Yeah, but, but I mean, do you all think to Auburn? If Auburn 16 and 13 last year. 16 and 13? Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow, okay. Uh, but, but they made it to the World Series in 2019, I think, with 14 wins. But how yes, a correct. lot of people discount Hoover. What's y'all's group, just consensus thoughts on the importance of going there and winning a game or two? I mean, hell, Auburn last year goes out quickly. Yeah. They had all that week to get ready. So, I mean, do y'all care one way or the other? I do. I, and it's been a while since Auburn's won out there. I think it was early 2000s, if I'm not mistaken, uh, since yeah. Auburn's won uh, SEC tournament championship. Yeah, you're right. It's been a while. So, um, and I think Butch wants to win it, but I. When I look at Auburn, I look at Auburn a lot of a lot of years. They just don't have the depth to go to an SEC tournament and win. It's just tough. You got to have like guys step up that haven't you know done anything all year sometimes and go out there and throw seven innings. You know, and that never seems to happen with Auburn sometimes. So we'll see. Maybe this will be the year that they can make a run. But it's it's been a minute since they've won it. Yeah, and I'll just close out by asking one other football question for y'all. Of all these players in Alabama, a lot of them are committed to Georgia and Bama. It's, it's refreshing to see Auburn back in the fight. Look, you know, you're going to miss a thousand percent of the orders you never asked for. Uh, and I'll just hang up and listen. Do you think Auburn can pull a few of these guys away? Uh, I'm the eternal optimist. I'm curious what you think. I do think Auburn football recruiting is going to shock some people. I do think they're going to pull off some upsets and have a really good class, better than people are expecting. And, and this, this upcoming um, end of May through June when all these official visitors come in, it's going to be huge for Auburn recruiting. I, I would expect some good things to happen. And well, I just checked. 
I just checked, by the way, it's 98 was the last one. That was wow. the team with Gabe Gross, I think, wow. and Todd Faulkner and those guys. That yeah. Was a really, really. Yeah, a pair of 400 hitters. Yeah, on, really good on team. the same team. Yep. Wow. Yeah, so it, it, it would be great to be able to do that. And it's not like, oh, you're, you're going to be so worn out that you wouldn't be able to play in a few days, right. even if you did. All right, we need to get to our final break of hour number one. Love for you to join in as we continue here on the Monday Drive. Time to churn up some more yardage on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final few minutes of hour number one of The Drive here on this Monday. Bill, Dan, Brian, Matthews. All right, so um, so let's see. Uh, did we finish up talking about football in the tra- I think I think we sort of did. Yeah, there's one thing we didn't mention was Markel Bell was also in the oh, true offensive line. Yeah, I mean, and he is a he's not a guy from the transfer portal. Mm-mm. He would be a junior college transfer. With uh, three years of eligibility remaining, a big mm-hmm. dude, 6'9", 335. Um, had a great visit. I think Auburn's in really good shape there. Um, he plans to visit Mississippi State and Ole Miss, I yeah. believe. Well, he's a native. He is from Mississippi. Right, and so. maybe one other school. We'll see. But um, I think we'll have a decision sometime, maybe by the end of the month or you know, early. Yeah, he June. was a guy, I think, that was just thinking about, okay, he'd go play his second year of junior college ball and then transfer. Yeah. And everybody's like, hey, you're a qualifier. You can come in now and – um, so he's he's looking at midsummer. Yeah, and um, to transfer again, I give Auburn a lot of credit. You know, Coach Thornton, the offensive line coach, you freeze um, for continuing to find different ways to upgrade this team. If you look at the offensive line, you know they they made it much better bringing in those three transfers and uh, three more um, high school players and a junior college signee in January, right? Right. They've got some more coming in. They've got in. another junior college and yep. now another transfer yep. that are coming in over the summer. And then, you know, Markel Bell, he's, you know, he may not be but a starter this is. year, but with three years of eligibility remaining, mm-hmm. he could be a key backup and then be your starter the next two years potentially. Well, this this would well, the thing is he's got a redshirt year, yeah. too. So, I mean, he could come in redshirt this year, yeah. still have three more years. So, I mean, he could be a starter for two or three years. Right, and if you look at Auburn's offensive line, you know, it basically was not a functional unit. Not only did it not have starters when they inherited it, it didn't have, you know, depth where you had a a senior at a position and then a junior and a sophomore and maybe a a redshirt freshman or something. They just didn't have that. And not only have they helped the team with the starters, but they're also building some depth there in the team. I think they're doing just an outstanding job of recognizing the biggest weakness uh, on this team and really – um, stepping up and taking taking care of it almost immediately. I mean, this offensive line has been an issue for years. Oh, what the, going what back done, to Gus, yeah. the line of scrimmage. Because as much as the offensive line yeah. uh, has has been criticized over the years, Auburn had games last year where three defensive linemen were the only guys who played. Right. I mean, the depth on the defensive line yeah. was increasingly becoming right. an issue, and the way they've addressed the line of scrimmage on on both sides of the ball by bringing in players that other big time Power Five programs want, winning recruiting battles at the line of scrimmage, yeah. which is something that needed to change with the new administration. Yep, 
and they've they've helped out a lot there. They got three transfers, big guys to come in there and play. Um, oh. They get a fourth on the on the offensive line or on the defensive line? defensive line. On the defensive yeah. line, yeah, they, they got three. Uh, Muskrat makes four on the O line. I mean, yep. it's it's a total renovation. It really mm-hmm. is. All right, we'll get to our top of the hour break. We're halfway done here on the Monday Drive. Come on in in hour number two. ESPN 1067, WGZZ HD3 Waverly, and W294AR Auburn Opelika. This is SportsCenter. I'm Christine Lisi. Quarterback Dylan Rayola, the number one prospect in the 2024 recruiting class, told ESPN he has committed to Georgia. He's the son of former NFL offensive lineman Dominic Rayola. The process of gathering more information on the latest situation involving Grizzly star John Morant continues for the NBA. Morant, seen in a social media post over the weekend holding a gun, has been suspended by the Grizzlies from all team activities. Two months ago, the league suspended Morant eight games over a similar situation. Memphis's front office has a difficult task ahead dealing with the face of the franchise. Notes ESPN's Bobby Marks. He basically built this roster around him as the face of your franchise. He's, he's everywhere. Um, he as this roster goes, you know, you know, you, you have to have basically John Moran as your as your main guy. So yeah, I mean, there's a there's the discipline part of it, but then there's the you know certainly the team part of it as far as you know how um, you know you know how you handle it. Bobby Marks on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Stanley Cup playoffs, Kraken Stars, Game Seven tonight, eight Eastern, ESPN TV. Winner gets Vegas in the West Final. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Make sure your family is well taken care of with life insurance. Protect your phones, laptops, and more with electronic device insurance. And cover your furry friends with pet health insurance. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome in to hour number two here on this Monday edition of The Drive. Another nice-looking day. Hope everybody uh, had a good weekend and a happy Mother's Day to all the moms. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, welcome in here. A busy first hour. Uh, It's fun getting calls in hour number one. I mean, here we are in the middle of May, and you can tell the difference the transfer portal has made. Oh, I know. It's crazy. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. And one thing I want to mention, I mentioned that 98 baseball team last one to win the SEC tournament. Gabe Gross is actually not a member of that team, but Faulkner was. But yeah, I started look- thinking about it. Gabe was, I think, a freshman 
that fall. Yeah, that, yep, exactly. But listen to this lineup. Scott Pratt was leading hitter. He batted 407 with 33 stolen bases that year. There were, some, had there were some big numbers Todd back Faulkner, in the day. Heath Kelly, Chad Wandel, Josh Etheridge, Jamie Kirsch, Casey Dunn, Hayden Galimo, Dominic Rich, and Malin Kent. What wow. a lineup wow. you're not that kidding. was. Yeah, you're not kidding. That lineup hit, um, let's see here, 87 home runs and 165 doubles that season. Now, that, that was kind of, I think 98 was still live. Yeah, Auburn, Auburn's like leading the league in doubles this year, and it's around 100. Yeah. Boy, they could mash. That was a fun line. And, and they had a good pitching staff, too. I mean. Um, well, you mentioned Glimo. Yeah, of course. And Coulter Bean. So, like, Coulter's a guy that could throw on multiple days, right? Mm-hmm. And Hayden Glimo could do the same. So that's, you know, you have pitchers like that, and that's how you win a tournament, right? That the, They can go out there and throw more. You had Brent Shaney, of course, who was a true number one ace, a great player and, and, and pitcher and person uh, at Auburn. Um, Kevin Norris was a part of that team. Uh, Chris Butchek, I think was probably a freshman then, maybe, um, became an ace by the time he was oh, yeah. done with his career. So that was a pretty good team. Yeah, no no kidding. So Auburn, yes, it's been that long since Auburn won an SEC baseball tournament. Yep. So don't think that, oh, it's not that big a deal. Yeah, you want to win as many as you can, but you'd love to win the yeah. whole thing. It would be tough. I mean, Auburn wins the SEC tournament, they're hosting, period. I don't think there's any yeah. question yeah. question about that. Yeah, as long as they... Unless they get, like, swept they this weekend. The way, right, right, <laughs> you expect... And we're going to talk with Justin Kirby, speaking of Auburn baseball in the That's postseason. right, bottom of the hour. Bottom of the hour. We're going to talk with Justin Kirby as part of Tiger Takes. He's been talking to us all season long. It's been great to, as as the tone of the season has changed over the last couple of weeks, right? From you know, the, the Rockets. From, can, you know, can, we make, can we make the SEC tournament on the bubble of the SEC tournament? Probably in the, Auburn's in the SEC tournament now. Yeah. As you mentioned, Missouri actually is tied. Um, uh, Missouri... Is ten and seventeen. Twelve teams make the tournament, right? Right. Uh, Ole Miss is eliminated. Yeah, Ole Missouri Miss is eliminated. Mississippi State is two games yep. back. Yep. So right now, Missouri and Georgia are in. They have a two-game lead over Mississippi State. Yep. For so, the final two spots. So Missouri probably feels like if they could just win one game, they probably got it. Yeah, right? I think so. Well, if they do, that's right. They'd have a three. That would be a three-game lead, and Georgia would have to sweep, and then I don't know the tiebreaker. Missouri's got a chance to punch their ticket this weekend. Auburn's got a chance to cap off what would be the best regular season under Butch uh, with, uh, with with 17 uh, SEC conference. Yeah, wins. it'd be an improvement over last year, the 16 and 13. Yep. Uh, hour number two of the drive brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. And we'd love for you to join in here on the drive, and you can. One of the ways you can do so is by using the Kia of Auburn hotline, Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one, and the number to get you through is 334 321 1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the drive text box, presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. You can also, uh, they also sponsor the podcast, which is available however you get your podcast. You can go to uh, ESPNAU.com, RadioAlabama.net, or just search for The Drive with Bill Cameron on your favorite podcasting platform. Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com, part of a sensational team doing great work over there. Brian, tell us about... Uh, everybody, uh, about, about the great stuff you guys got uh, going on there at your fine website. Yeah, and um, uh, Stoltz, um, Brian Stoltz, was up in uh, Willow Point today and had a report from uh, Bruce Pearl uh, mm-hmm. talking about Jani Broom and 
uh, his great work uh, so far in the G League tryouts and, and moving up to the NBA Combine next. Uh, so that's great for him. And um, we'll continue to cover the transfer portal. I am expecting some news, com- commitments, or some, you know, some possible commitments for sure this week. And um, big baseball series coming up, softball, regional, you know, you name it. We'll, we'll cover Somebody go to Clemson? Uh, not that I know of, but we haven't actually discussed that. But um, me and Stoltz will be covering baseball here. Uh, I'm expecting some, probably some visitors this weekend, most likely. So we'll, we'll be on that, too. Yeah, classes, of course, get started for the spring on Wednesday. Yep. And now the thing to keep in mind, uh, I've, I've had some people say, well, if, if they don't commit here the next day or so, then we're out of luck. No. no. Um, you would like them on campus. You'd like them in Auburn. But they don't have to be in school. You, you would you'd probably like them here by the end of the month, uh, sort of. Going through orientation, getting acclimated with their teammates, uh, and and then probably starting classes for the second summer term, which is the end of June. Yeah, and I think most most of the rest of the class, the twenty twenty, is it, yeah twenty three class, will be here. I think May thirtieth, some sometime around there, as far as reporting and getting mm-hmm. ready and uh, go through there a little. Yeah, because some of, some of the kids don't graduate high school until. After this right. Wednesday, I mean, exactly. you know, that's that's the thing. It's like this is an early start for some high school graduates and then spring graduates. The, the transfers can basically come as soon as they're you know done with their college. Most of them are done, so they can come anytime. What's the um, what's the early word on Peyton Thorn? I know he's he's been around what a couple of a uh, couple of days, a couple of weeks now. You know, what's uh, uh, what what are the I know he, he went to the he went to the golf tournament. Uh, so yeah, what's what what are you hearing about Auburn's uh, new uh, arrival at quarterback? Well, I haven't heard anything new on him, but I think you can count on him being completely committed to knowing this offense, uh, you know, backwards and forwards, and being, um, you know, out there and working with the receivers and whatever he can do as much as possible. That's just the type of person and player he is. Um, He's got that coach mentality already. He's bringing a couple years of starting experience in the Big Ten to Auburn. Uh, he's bringing a lot of leadership to that position, so I, I would just expect him to step in and hit the ground running right away. I feel like I've seen a lot of uh, national opinions about the the Auburn quarterback race between, uh, especially between Ashford and uh, and and Thorne. What are the national opinions? I haven't seen them. Well, you know, I I, I think there have been. I saw a twenty four seven story uh, where there was a there was a guy really bullish on Robbie Ashford uh, to, to beat out Peyton Thorne. There were some other folks that thought, yeah, that a couple of a, national guys. Yeah, I mean, there, there was a national guy for twenty four seven. Chris Hummer was more of, of the belief that this could be, you know, a vet. You know, Auburn Auburn probably needed to go among the things Auburn needed in the portal uh, was was a veteran option with a, a better track record as a quarterback than Robbie Ashford and. That's uh, seemingly what they've got. I did a little bit of research, Bill. Uh, so remember how Ferguson did? He, he looked up the win loss record for Peyton Thorne in the games where right when he, when his our, team ran for 150 right. yards. Yeah, yeah, and, Ferg and he, did that. Yeah, yeah, Ferg did that. So yeah. so and so I thought someone should do that with Jarrett Stidham. <laughs> and I, lo and behold, looked okay. up Jarrett Stidham started started 27 games at Auburn. Auburn ran. For 150 yards or more in 14 of those 27 games. What do you think? Wow, is that all? What do you think Stidham's wow. win loss record was in those 14 games? Pretty good. 13 and 1 or 14 and 1. 13 and 1 is correct. Auburn, uh, the loss was at LSU in okay. 2017. There you go. Uh, the other 
That so, was and that was the game. They what was that the game? Twenty nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah they just twenty three. Twenty three nothing. Yeah, they just t- yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. The uh, punt return for a touchdown yes. and the let's let's yes. run. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. Uh, uh, that was that was that the was, one. That, yeah. that was the one loss with one hundred fifty yeah. yards or more of rushing. Oh yeah, Stidham's career. Remember it well. The other thirteen games, five and eight in thirteen games yeah. when Auburn did not run for one hundred and fifty yards in two years as Auburn starter. Per, uh, Peyton Thorn had a pronounced. Win loss record. You know, there, there was a pronounced difference in the win loss. Twelve and one. Twelve and one. When when, Mich- when Michigan State ran for. Do you, do you have the other? Do you have the do you have the, uh, the win loss record when they didn't? It was it was something. In well, the I mean, his record was went. Uh, he was sixteen and ten. So do the math. Twelve and one. Two. So that that means he was four and nine. Yeah. When, when they didn't, said it was five and eight. When when Auburn when Auburn didn't run. Very Auburn, yeah. Auburn well, you run. you said you compared him to uh, Stidham, and those numbers. Are the, the numbers were strikingly similar for their statistics and for when they had help from and, the running game. And they both had a, sort of a letdown season after a great season, which can sour a fan base on a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And, right. you know, in Stidham's case, he went to the NFL. I think it's fair to wonder, Brian, in the, in the NIL era, if Jared Stidham would have considered playing quarterback for another year in college football somewhere else, or if he was indeed ready to make that jump to the NFL after after the 2019 season, just because things are different now. Right. Guys move on, and, and there's there's it can be a little more lucrative, especially at quarterback, to stay in the college football game a little bit longer. And imagine, imagine what kind of market there would have been for someone with Jarrett Siddham's track record after after the two years he had at Auburn. feels like Auburn's getting something in the ballpark of that with, uh, with, with Peyton Thorne. It really does, and I think Auburn fans should be very excited for him. I, you know, we'll see, but I think Auburn's going to have one of the best quarterbacks in the conference this year. I really do. I think he changes a lot for Auburn. He will have to compete and win the job in the fall. I'm not saying that's not going to happen, but I am expecting him to win that job and be Auburn's starter. I wonder where, and I think a beat writer has, has presented this, um, where he ranks as like, just in career starts, like how how much more quarterback other guys like because this, this isn't a league deep with veteran quarterbacks. Uh, LSU's got one. With some a, some somebody wrote that I Nathan, haven't read it yet. Was it, was it Nathan? Some, I don't know. Okay. So, so, I don't know. Someone I, on social I, media I've had that, that sent to me. I haven't had a chance to read. I'm trying it. to think who else. Will Rogers has started his fair share of mm-hmm. games. At Mississippi State. Jackson Dart's been a starter for about a season and a half in college. Not football. as many. Not as many starts. Not as many. I, no. I would think. I would think Will Rogers and uh, LSU quarterback uh, uh, transferred. Yeah, and and, and Jay, uh, Jay, Jay Daniels. Daniels. Yeah, Jay yeah, Daniels. I would think Daniels and uh, those those would be, and Spencer Rattler has probably started more games. Maybe uh, how many how many's Leary started? Yeah, Leary's in that mix too at Kentucky now. So I know. We'll look it up. Put you in the top half. Yep. Let's get back to the Kia of Auburn Hotline, and Pat is up next. Hey, Pat. Hey guys, how's it going? Pretty good. How you doing, Pat? Good. Hey man, good man. Love the show as always. Man, I guess I called at the right time because my question was out of the the. Us and that other school up, up north. Who got the better transfer quarterback? Y'all, do y'all think? Mm. I don't know. Um, that's uh, a that's a really good question. Listen, I, I have not seen eleven play enough to make an opinion, but I'm just going to say, yeah. Thorns Thorns got a much <laughs> yeah. Thorns got a much stronger track record as a college football right. quarterback. That's Buckner was a much he was a much deal. more highly touted signee out of high school, and and as and yeah. is younger, right? Is in his in his second yeah, he's year, one versus, year one year younger, I believe. Yeah. Okay, good deal. And one other thing, and I'm going to hang up and listen. Um, Me too. With everything that's going on uh, up there in Isla, you know, that other school, um, you know, it. we we all know Saban's track record when he's coaching 
people to get paid, right? Professionals or, you know, not professionals, but people to get paid. So he's losing that dictatorship. So at some point he's going to leave. Do you, do you think Alabama fans have, um, do you think they trust that athletic director up there to make the next best decision for them? No, because I, I, yeah, okay. Appreciate the call. Appreciate the call, Pat. I I would say most Alabama fans will be expecting Nick Saban to make the, make the, Choice of who his successor will be. I think it's fair to wonder between Greg Byrne and Nick Saban, who's who's at their current position longer right now, right? I mean, with the with, with some of the fire that Greg Byrne's taken in the in the last few months, and uh, and, and I, I I agree, Bill. Barring something unforeseen happening, one would think Nick Saban is very involved in, and and we've we've had this opinion for a while. I mean, I'm I feel like it would be shocking. If Alabama's next coach, whenever Saban decides to walk away, if it's somebody who didn't coach for Saban at Alabama, right? It almost feels. I mean, they could. I mean, maybe it's just the best coach out there, but I, I you know, it, it seems like s- some promising former or current Saban assistant is going to get that job. It'll be college football succession when it uh, when it happens <laughs> with everybody, everybody everybody fighting for the for, for that seat that will be interesting to watch i mean there's no, there's no doubt that's going to be compelling so there's a lot right? there's a lot of candidates a lot, a lot of a lot of worthy contenders i think it is interesting with everything that's happened up there if you're an alabama person do you trust the current ad to make this decision i don't know he has made what have appeared on the surface as very good hires but then things haven't gone so well right. this spring we no. won't. We won't know unless he writes a book or something like an, another one about this time period. I'd love to know, like who Saban wants in that job. Like if if he has a preference, if he has someone who's been, or even a, even a short list of people that he thinks would be like his his best possible successor someday. Or if that's not even on his radar because he's too focused on other things. I mean, one would think he has a preference, but we probably won't won't, won't know until. Alabama gets into a more formal search for for the replacement. Who that is, but uh, yeah, there there have been some uh, some assistants that one would think have, have made an impression would be among his choices. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. We'll get to our first break of hour number two. Come on in and join us here on the Monday Drive. Now more of the drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 106.7 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. If people knew how much... We're talking about the next segment, every one of these breaks. Yeah. yeah. Again, I said one of these days, you know, the the rest of the show. I mean, we're talking so much non about what we're talking about poor, on the air. Yeah, no, poor Brian. Having to, having, having to well, we talked, we, talked, we, talked a little, we talked a little soccer with Brian during, yeah, right. during one of the Brian, breaks. What was, what was the music uh, music uh, this, uh, this week? Yeah, uh, Brian, man, Brian is so eclectic with, with his stuff. Yeah. Which I didn't know much Usher, about. Usher. I, learned, I learned some yeah, new, new things. For right? sure. Yeah, from, from Atlanta. This is the, you know, this is the, I, I almost, I like suggesting them to Brian than having him not use them because he likes fun. <laughs> this, this, Brian well, does too. I use, I use that tells you how much Brian appreciates your suggestions. When you give me the suggestions. No, no, he likes them, but he usually then, you know, finds Brian just, Brian, well, Brian, doesn't want to go in the yes. same direction every week. 
And that's, that's right. one thing. You never know what kind of music I, I think is going to be in the music. And it's got to be something that happened on that day, right? Specific time, yeah. Right, right. I mean, if, if, if it's not yeah. exactly that day, it's that day before that week, or the day after. For yeah. sure. And you yeah. try to avoid... It's sort, of like, it's sort of like what I listen to. You know, I, I listen to the oldies shows on the yeah. 70s and 80s. You know the the countdowns, right? Because exactly. it's that week. That's and and Brian tends to prefer the day to the week if he, if he can. I know this, yeah. this week. Uh, I believe the seventeenth uh, will mark the ten year anniversary of the release of the Daft Punk album uh, Random Access Memories, which you know swept the Grammys that year. Get Lucky's on that. It's a great record if if you've never heard it. It's, it's uh, their last album because they have since uh, disbanded. I think all four. I guess technically five because they also did the soundtrack to the Tron sequel. But all five Daft Punk albums. Are, are great, but Random Access Memories is a, a wonderful record. If you've never heard it before, I uh, can't recommend it enough. I have never heard it before, but I'll have it's, to it's sensational. It out. sensational. Yeah, so, of course, uh, Brian's Monday Musings, uh, yes. something that we all look forward to uh, each week as, as he goes into quite a few things and then has his musical musings yes. as well. So that's, that's one of the things there on the site. Uh, will there be a rundown this week? Yes, we'll be getting together tomorrow to talk all sorts of things, transfers, basketball, baseball, softball, you name it. So that'll be a good time. Back back to uh, uh, Voodoo Wings. I'm, I missed my video good. last week. So. Good deal. Yep. Uh, yeah, so. What's the best sauce on the board, Voodoo Wings? Wow. I mean, I've always been, I've always liked the Voodoo yep. sauce. It's really good. But I, I, I like to switch up and get all the different ones. And I've also just always liked buffalo sauce. And their medium buffalo sauce is really good. Like the hot is, you know, it doesn't maybe a little bit too hot for me. I, you know, I'm not ashamed to say. You're a flavor guy, not a. Yeah. I'm not. I'm a not guy, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That's like one of the one of the uh, plug lines for one of the, for, for one it, of the products. Is it, is it, oh, is the chicken place using that now or something? Yeah, it's like. Uh, well, I don't remember. As a matter of fact, tells you how good that uh, commercial is. I don't remember the exact product. That says no. It's about the flavor. You know, we don't want to. Uh-huh. We don't want to burn you. We want right. to want to enjoy the flavor. Like Mango sweet. habanero is really good. Jamaican jerks really good. They're, they got a bunch of good mm-hmm. flavors. Yeah, they do. All right, uh, we'd love for you to join in here on the Monday Drive. We talked about quite a few things, and uh, you know, as as we've gone portaling. Um, what else? I mean, what what do we want to talk about? So we got anything anything that different or want we, to get back and go into more detail. We got Kirby in five minutes. We're going to talk to Justin Kirby doing that's right. takes in, in the next segment about the, uh, the the incredible season that the Auburn baseball team great is, run is down the so stretch, far. man. I mean, uh, Butch Thompson said, "Hey, you know, let's put the first half behind, and second half has been has been great, and they've got a chance to have yeah. one of the best." Second halves that you could see. How did how did Tommy Vale line up these last couple of starts? Because that's Ooh. that's one that's one of the stories. Well, he's, the, he was incredible. That, uh, you know, against Ole Miss, eight innings, two hits, one two run. Two hits, and and yeah. I think just one walk, wasn't it? Two I think hits. that's right. And maybe maybe two, but it, it was seems all, like every time out he gets. He's better. gotten better. Yeah, and he's really much more. Efficient well, he's building now. a little more stamina. It yeah. seems like each time out, and he's not getting those higher pitch counts he was mm-hmm. when he struggled to get past the third, fourth, or fifth inning there early on, but not not anymore. Well, you look now, and the idea, which was sort of born out of, uh, let, let's let's don't go against a guy who could be possibly the number one pick in the draft on Friday night on the opener against LSU, yeah. looks like a brilliant idea now. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> worked out well for Auburn for oh, sure. It really yeah. has to be able. And now the the, the big question now is. Christian Herberholtz. Yeah, and I don't have the answer for that yet. They were going to uh, have him looked at here this week and uh, should have an answer here. Because to have a guy like that as your, you know, your game three starter yeah. 
is is fabulous. But I mean, now we'll we'll just have to wait and and see what the, the one positive I'll turn out. say from that is uh, later on in the game he returned to the dugout. Oh, he, he looked he looked to be in great spirits. Right. Didn't have anything wrapped. Exactly, or, exactly. So that that's that's to me is a good sign. Doesn't mean mm-hmm. he's hundred percent you know ready to go. But that's you know the fact that he didn't have a big brace or a big wrap with ice on it over his elbow right. or something tells me it wasn't you know something that 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 was that serious. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. So uh, so yeah, we'll we'll talk a little more baseball here in a few minutes uh, with where, with Justin Kirby. Where do you think Brian? Where do you think with, with regards to Hugh Freeze and his team? They have a couple spots left. On, you know, on on scholar, they have a couple scholarships open. Yeah. Where, uh, where where are the spots you think they'd still like to fill? You know, we've talked receiver, we've talked we've talked edge rusher. Are there any other positions where you think they still could be looking? For contributions, uh, Larry Nixon, inside linebacker, and if the right safety popped up, I think they might look at look at that too. Possibly, yeah, we we talked about that last week. The possibility that Auburn, uh, beyond Zion Puckett and Jalen Simpson, might be looking for veterans. Has, has there been a has there been a safety prospect that you know of that's visited? Uh, visited? No, I know they had interest in Don Chapman from North Carolina, but I don't know that how far that. Okay, interest I just went. wondered if I'd missed somebody. I couldn't recall uh, a safety. Uh, having come in, so that's that to me is the most perplexing thing because they've got six or seven safeties. They've got two or three more coming in, so the numbers are there. They must not just like to fit in some areas the way that their defense fits. The, and if they're the if they're determined if they're determined to play Kaufman, you know, exclusively at nickel and dime and not play him at safety, I can sort of understand how after after Puckett and Simpson. The, the remaining safeties on the team are guys who are largely inexperienced, right? That's not to say they're not capable. Bridges and Wooden and I always forget Marquise Gilbert. Mm-hmm. Is, is, yeah, who I felt like had a good spring. Yeah, from it, what sure, we were told. it seemed like, yeah. yeah, from what we heard. I mean, what, one of those three would be the next man up right now at safety after, after Simpson and Puckett. Yep, so. You got Austin Osbury in there. He was one of the highest yeah. rated mm-hmm. recruits in that class a couple of years ago. Coming in at safety, you got Terrence Love, who could eventually grow into a linebacker. We'll see. You got Sylvester Smith, C.J. Johnson. Um, Sylvester and C.J., if I'm not mistaken, committed after Freeze. Yes. Was was yeah, higher. Yeah, they were. So, they were late. They were late additions. Yeah, they're, they're his type guys. So you know, we'll see. We'll see. All right, let's uh, get one more call in before we get to our bottom of the hour break. And Jerry is up next. Hey, Jerry. Hey guys, uh, I was just curious. What's the Status of Gonzalez Does, doesn't seem like jo- Joseph Gonzalez is going to pitch again this season. Uh, uh, they're hate to hear that. That that was that was sort of the determination, right? They were playing it by ear, and a couple weeks ago they they confirmed that uh, was there a setback. I think there was yeah. Hey, he's, he's he's rehabbed or, or or set out and then tried to come back. I think three times. I believe that's right. Maybe it was just two, but the last time, yeah. After that, Butch said that you know he he would not be able to pitch the rest of the regular season was his quote, but I think most people, including me, felt like that was it, regardless of whether wow. it was the regular or postseason. But I, I will check here again, you know, maybe this week just to see. But I, I, I yeah, would not well, uh, count on it. His health is most important, right? So yeah, and Butch doesn't take chances with pitchers, right? No, and with and with a pitcher. When it's when it's a shoulder or an elbow or a, a forearm, you know they're they're going to be extra careful. And, and with Joe Gonzalez, yeah, I mean at, at, they're not going to try to get him to. It's also not the best thing for the team to ask a shoulder, you know, a pitcher to to pitch through shoulder discomfort 
And, you know, in, in a big moment, you'd probably yeah. rather have the guy with the healthy shoulder on the mound and not not the guy battling through an injury. He has been traveling with the team. I, I know he would love to come back and pitch. It has nothing to do with him not wanting it. He, he wants to return. Let's but. talk about, let's, let's talk with Justin about how, how, how Joe's still involved with, with things when we, when we come back, Bill. We'll do that. Stick with us for the final half hour of the Monday Drive. Back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Monday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com. And it's time now for our weekly Tiger Takes segment. Brought to you by the Alsobrook Law Group. When you need legal assistance, call Zach. He's got your back. Or find him on the web at AlsoLaw.com. And once again, very pleased to be joined by Auburn's Justin Kirby here on the uh, Monday Drive. Justin, how are you doing today? Doing great. How are you guys? Uh, pretty good. What was it? Uh, uh, you get sort of getting used to uh, Sundays off here now. That had had that uh, yesterday, and got another uh, weekend Thursday through Saturday series coming up to wrap up the regular season. Yeah, it's crazy how much just uh, having that you know having your weekend schedule shifted up by a day. It's uh, it just it throws everything off. I kept having to remind myself that, like, I was like, what day of the week is it? <laughs> like, oh, it's Thursday, but if, and then we, then obviously the midweek got canceled. Uh, the yeah, and then, and then, then, of course, the Thursday game gets rained out. Yeah. yeah it, it's, it really throws you off. There were so many times I, uh, it felt like, I mean, we were, it was the longest road trip ever to play three games in two days. Um, and yeah, I felt like every single day I would just, like, wake up, shower, wait to eat, put on a uniform, take the uniform back off. Uh, like it just it was like that for like three days straight and then finally got some games in. When one of our shows is canceled on like a Friday or a Monday for a holiday, we spend the rest of the week not knowing what day it is either. So we we we, we know we can feel your pain there, uh, Justin. But yeah. what a what a last couple of weeks it has been for this team. Not just the series wins against uh, South top Carolina, five teams, yeah, yeah, against South Carolina and LSU, but going in against the defending reigning national champion and uh, and, and and playing the, the way you guys did uh, this weekend. What was the uh, uh, what, what, what's the what was the mood like after the season after the series sweep on uh, on, on Saturday? The mood the mood was good. The vibes were high. We uh, we got a lot of good mafia games in on the bus ride home. Hmm. Um, much to the displeasure of everyone trying to sleep, but you know that's okay. You, you only sweep the defending national champion so many times, uh, and we're running out of we're running out of bus trips. So, gotta take advantage while you can. But yeah, it was a. It was a great weekend. It was a great past couple of weekends. And, you know, kind of one of the last things I said on the show last week was just, you know, it's it's so 
awesome and it's such a great feeling to, you know, kind of set goals like we had going into the second half of SEC play and just not only to, you know, reach these goals, but just to crush them. It's been awesome. It's, you know, everyone's feeling good and we like where we're at and not asking anyone to do more, but just the same really and just play our game it's, it's been a great feeling oh the, no no doubt about that i mean and and uh, one of the things we talked about last week too was staying focused you know keeping you know keep keeping the hammer down and i mean man it was that way really Ole miss never really threatened uh in mm-hmm. the series from the from the get-go there on on friday with the the double header and man it's uh it, it is great to have i mean Pitching now that, you know, you wondered. We had so many people wondering about the pitching. Uh, you can Why can't the guys throw strikes? When they throw strikes, they get hit. Man, pitching has been so solid here down the stretch. Yeah, it's uh, – I can't give enough credit to all the pitchers who they – just, they just compete so hard for us every single weekend. And, I mean, I can't – I've already said – all the good things there are to say about Tommy Vale, but then he just keeps just doing Better. more Tommy yeah. Vale things. It's unbelievable. Um, but yeah, it's it's crazy how um, it's crazy how much you can kind of dominate a baseball game when you control the strike zone and uh, hitters are kind of you know you're dictating the hitters at bats uh, as a pitcher. That goes a long way, and the same could be said for you know us as an offense is not letting that pitcher get comfortable and not letting that pitcher screw with you, throw you off your timing, uh, dictating our at-bats as an offense and just trying to throw people off theirs as a, as a defense and a pitching staff. Talking with Auburn outfielder Justin Kirby here on the Monday edition of The Drive, Tiger Takes, brought to you by the Alsobrook Law Group. Uh, every Monday throughout the season, we've had the uh, ability to talk with uh, with Justin. It's been great. These these last couple of uh, these last couple of weeks, uh, you know, the, the the tone has changed a little bit, but all season long, it's been great to get uh, to answers on Auburn baseball from uh, from from Justin. Yeah, Justin, the uh, um, wanted to get your thoughts on a couple of things. I mean, one, I mean, Auburn. Auburn folks have gotten used to seeing Casey Howell out there in, in center. It seems like he's been been around forever. Man, the guy just uh, uh, is a doubles machine. I mean, there there is a reason he is about to tie and then be the be the Auburn all time doubles leader. Yeah, it's actually it's uncanny. I think that uh, you know when he finally wraps up his career here, they might have to dedicate the left field line to Casey Howell. <laughs> Uh, he might be the first person in college baseball history to have a foul line named after him. But <laughs> oh, oh, um, oh, the, the Howell pole. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but no, it's been great to watch, and he just does so much for us as a as a player, as a leader, as a captain. It's he's a really, really important guy to have uh, in a locker room and in the lineup. Now. Um... With with the game tomorrow canceled, I mean, you, all the focus obviously is on Missouri coming in, and Missouri a team that is is playing. They the right now they're in the SEC tournament, and mm-hmm. I mean, so so they're playing for a lot too. I mean, you don't want to lose any momentum as you head into that matchup here in the final regular season home we uh, home matchup. Um, uh, I know that's one thing that you you know you want to stay on point and not you know not stub your toe as you uh, head toward the SEC tournament. Yeah, and uh, you know going into this last week of the season, uh, our destiny is you know 
just as much in our hands as it has been this entire time, but maybe even more so because we take care of business this weekend. You kind of, you definitely put yourself right in the middle of the hosting conversation, which, I mean, five weeks ago, we'd laugh at that. Um, we'd just be happy to, to get there. But now, you know, we've turned things around so well and we're playing with so much confidence and momentum. And, uh, we, we continue to do our job. And I mean, we get to host a regional if all things go as planned. And, you know, we haven't really, we haven't really talked about Missouri too much from a scouting standpoint this early in the week, but we do know that, you know, they're playing, they seem to be playing some of their best baseball right now, uh, as are we, but, uh, the same way that we're fighting for, uh, how do like, we're fighting for the ability to host and control our own path in the postseason. They're fighting for their lives to get in the postseason or Mm -hmm. make the tournament. So, you know, there's a lot to play for. It's, It'll be a really competitive weekend. I'm I'm excited to see how it kind of uh, evolves. Justin, it's hard to it's hard to pick a a you know pinpoint a moment for the the, the turnaround in the season. Uh, Tommy Vale's performance at Alabama and the way he's pitched since then, you know, it's one of the things you can point to. And and his his improvement is, I mean, over, over the last month, he's been one of the best pitchers. In the SEC, uh, what what have you seen out, out of Tommy uh, in in the last month, and, and how he was able to, uh, uh, to to fix some things and 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 perform the way he's performed? Well, I think that yeah. So you talk about the Alabama game, and uh, I vividly remember in the dugout after that game. Uh, you know, we're giving out player of the game stuff, and Kaysen says that when when he has his stuff, he he is the best pitcher in America, and we're not just saying that I, I truthfully do believe that he controls a game so well and he does such a great job of just putting his head down, going to work. Nothing really seems to bother him. It's, I mean, it's nice when there is nothing that can bother you when you pitch eight innings of, uh, shutout baseball. But, um, it's, I think watching him pitch, you could just, it's such a quiet confidence about him. You know, that, He's so experienced. He knows exactly who he is, and he knows that he has eight guys behind him and 35 more guys in the dugout that fully believe that he is the perfect guy to have on the mound at any given time, and he just goes out there and competes and kind of like staying with the theme of the rest of the team. He never, he doesn't try to do too much. He knows exactly who he is, and um, these past couple outings is just, he just shows up and goes to work. It's It's been great to see, and it's it's so nice to have that kind of reliable presence uh, to open up. Oh, I guess he hasn't opened up a series, but every time he's on the mound, you just know that he's going to do his job. Yeah, and, and I think making this season all the more remarkable is the fact that Joseph Gonzalez hasn't been able to pitch an inning of, of conference play. He's still, still battling back from the, uh, from the shoulder injury. He's, as, as Brian mentioned earlier in the show, uh, Joseph's been traveling with the team. On, on quite a few of these trips, I'd love to know sort of the impact Joseph's had on the pitching staff and 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 the way he's been able to impart some some veteran knowledge to guys before and during games uh, to, uh, to to help even though he can't be out there. You know, I I wish I could give you a better answer than I could, but I'm not in those pitchers meetings. I don't know what goes down. I don't know how everything got turned around. I'm just enjoying it like you are. But um, talk about another guy with just just quiet confidence and I am uh, I guess it's not necessarily a regret but the only thing I'm going to be really disappointed about uh, leaving this place is that I didn't get to see him pitch more um, 
But, yeah, just another guy who's the quiet confidence and he just puts his head down, never lets anything bother him, and he's so even-keeled all the time. And I mean, he's a pretty introverted guy anyway, but he uh, he's always in control, and I think that that kind of uh, leaks into some of our other pitchers. Talking with Justin Kirby, Tiger Takes, uh, our regular Monday segment here, brought to you by the Alsobrook Law Firm. And and you mentioned, Justin, and, and it's, absolutely uh it's absolutely a possibility now that uh uh another good weekend and i think cap it with a good performance in the sec tournament and auburn definitely um is is in the mix for hosting a regional but something you something that's that's also very much a possibility is you know this could be it for this this field this stadium this season, this weekend, and uh, yeah, have you thought a little bit about that? The possibility that you know that this this could be the final uh, final weekend that you guys get to get to play in front of the crowd here at uh, at, at Sanford Stadium, Hitchcock Field, Plainsman Park. Honestly, that kind of just hit me when you just said that. <laughs> I didn't really think about it, just because as crazy as it sounds, I feel like this entire time I've just kind of matter of factly thought, like, oh, we're just going to host, like yeah. even when we're. We're we're losing an SEC play. We have we have no reason to believe why, or some someone might think we should have no reason to believe that we would ever host a regional. I'm just kind of like, well, I think we're still just going to host a regional. I will roll. We'll get going at the right time, and that's all that matters. And it's it's crazy to think that now we're actually right about there. Um, and you go into these last three regular season games, and it's it's important more so now than ever, just to take things one game at a time, one pitch at a time. Um, don't get ahead of yourselves because, you know, things can things can flip really quick, good or bad. Um, so basically just keeping our same approach and our same mentality of just playing 27 outs, uh, being the best team for 27 outs. And you don't have to be the best team in America every single day. You just have to be better than the team you're lined up across. So... Um, I think it's sticking with that process is really important for us heading into this last weekend. And uh, it, it should be, I mean, it should be a great atmosphere. Tickets are tough to find for this weekend, so um, re- really looking forward to it. And and uh, and again, every, I think Auburn fans want to let you guys know how they feel about the way you guys have played here down the stretch. So, I mean, it's, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Could be, could be a little emotional, I know, for, for, um, quite a few of you guys, but, um, mm-hmm. we're, we're really looking forward to it and hoping that you have an opportunity to come back and, and play some more games hosting a regional, but you got work to take care of before then. Enjoy, enjoy the weekend for sure, man. I mean, yeah, it's a real, real special time. And, uh, I know it's, uh, it's going to be, like Bill said, the atmosphere should be electric with, uh, uh tickets. Uh, scarce out there in the, uh, in, the in, in the open market. Yeah, it's uh, it's finally getting warm too, consistently. Oh yeah, uh, it was it was a hot one today. I think I, <laughs> I think I probably sweat more today at practice than I did the entire time in Oxford. Well, I guess I mean we were just getting rained on, so just a different kind of wet. Yeah, but no kidding. Speaking to all the rain, I mean, I've played in the past four years. I've played my fair share of games and inclement weather but i think that that had to have been the most rainfall i've ever seen in like the stretch of like four or five days between 
when we were in Hoover to Oxford. I, it was unbelievable. I've never seen so much rain. I, I didn't know that there was enough water. Like, it was, it was insanity. Ah, uh, stick around the South for, for a few years. When it, when it rains, it pours. Yeah, no kidding. Hey, hey, again, we really appreciate you spending time with us each week. Uh, hopefully we can, uh, hopefully we're not done, but, uh, but let everybody know one more time, uh, you know, how they can follow you. Instagram underscore Justin Kirby underscore and Twitter is at jkerbs15. And yeah, I really appreciate it. I, uh, we're going to have a good weekend here. We're going to take care of business and then, keep our destiny in our own hands and just continue to play our brand of baseball. I'm pretty sure standard Tiger takes uh I'm Oh yeah, they're going to go policy. through the postseason. Yeah, we I think we're I think we're going as long as the season's going, no, man. I'm so just we'll, I was just letting him know we've yeah. appreciated it and we and we yeah, we'll we'll definitely get a uh, little preview of the SEC tournament and wrap up wrap up this weekend again next week. We are, we are along for the ride, Justin. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm here as long as you guys want to keep having me on. So Sounds good, Justin. Hey, Thanks again. Best of luck this week. Yep, appreciate it, guys. All right, Justin Kirby joining us as he has each Monday at 530. Tiger Takes proudly presented by the Alsobrook Law Group on the web at alsolaw.com. We need to get to our final break of the afternoon. Stick with us as we wind it down here on the Monday Drive. Live on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final few minutes here on this Monday. Our thanks to Justin Kirby for joining us, as he does each week. And yeah, the uh, the Tigers focus. I think I think I got him thinking about. Oh, it may be the last time we're out here. You know, uh, hopefully not. I mean, if they play well this week and have a good SEC tournament, yeah. they definitely stand a chance of hosting. Yeah, they absolutely do. It'd be great to have an Auburn regional back to back years too. Um, I thought it was exciting last year, even with the rain that, that they got, but the way they played, mm-hmm. the way they opened up. Was it UCLA the first game? when? Yeah, it was. Yeah, Cole Foster just went off in the first inning. Man, has so, he come on down the yes, stretch, too? Yeah, he's, he's gotten hot, too. Yeah. I mean, he is you know, a great pounding weekend. ball. Oh, I, yeah. I, I went to the, uh, the Auburn-UCLA game uh, last year. One of, I forget if they played twice, uh, but, but Auburn and... Uh, uh, that the atmosphere for postseason baseball in Auburn was just—I mean, it was—it was so much fun last year. Hopefully, uh, things line up to where Auburn can uh, can host some more uh, regional games this year. Yeah, and and we talked we talked a good bit um, about softball. I mean, um, they've got to channel the some of the the feelings yeah. about the selections and stuff. Go up there and. Uh, see if they can get a little payback for last season. Right. Go go take care of business. You lost there. Your season ended in Clemson. Let's let's uh, make it to take the next step and win that regional, and then you know probably head out to Oklahoma and play the best team in the country, and then maybe the best team, the, one best, of the best teams ever. Really, fifty-five uh, and one. Yeah, that's 50, incredible. It it, it is yeah. forty-three game winning streak uh, going on right now. They uh, they they lost and like a tournament in uh, in in I think it was against Baylor. They went to Baylor and played a tournament in Waco before conference play got started and lost their one game of the season. Not a conference loss because it was like a neutral site tournament game against Baylor, even though the game was in Waco. Uh, but 
or maybe it's considered a road game. I don't know the rules about that, but it was they're they're technically undefeated in conference despite having lost to a conference yeah. Well, when a preseason yeah. a preseason game or Pre- a tournament something yeah. like that is going to be a non conference. That's, that's, that's like the, like you know when they used to play the Auburn and Alabama would play in Montgomery, right? Who didn't count it? They're, they're only conference which, which you know I'm I'm uh, in, I like that I like that in basketball too. You know, especially if it's a team you're not going to run into. You know, throw throw a, throwing out a conference game against a uh, against a conference foe on the board if you want. North Carolina and Wake Forest did that. Football a couple years ago. Remember, they weren't going to play in the ACC schedule rotation for a long mm-hmm. time, so they just they just scheduled just go a, ahead and play. Yeah, just scheduled a non-conference game against each other at a, at a stadium, which I, I thought was kind of cool. Uh, but the uh, uh, yeah the the uh, the Oklahoma softball. I mean, they they are a they are a juggernaut, and if Auburn can uh, if Auburn can get past Clemson, uh, it will be uh, all eyes will be on them as they take on uh, as they take on Goliath. Yep. Uh, Brian, before we're out of time, remind everybody again what uh, some of the things going on and coming up there at AuburnSports.com. We'll be getting together for our rundown tomorrow uh, around noonish, and uh, we'll continue to cover the basketball and football portal really closely. I think we'll have some movement on the, in both areas this week, potentially. And, um, of course, we'll cover both baseball and softball. They're big um, series here uh, as softball gets to the postseason, too. And uh, have plenty of football and basketball coverage uh, I've got to speak to Pearl today. We'll speak to Freeze, uh, Pearl, and possibly John Cohen uh, Wednesday at that LaGrange ambush also. Oh, that's good. So, I mean, plenty of news, plenty of things going on. Brian, thanks a lot, man. Always always enjoy having you here with us. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, uh, we're just about out of time here on the Monday edition of The Drive. Like Brian said, I mean, uh, I think most people, most of us expecting there to be you know some news on the uh, on the transfer front here before long. We'll see. Uh, doesn't have to be before Wednesday when the first day of classes starts for the uh, summer sessions, but should be should be here pretty soon. It is. It has been a a very effective transfer portal football and basketball. Waiting for waiting for at least one big piece. Oh yeah. All right. That's going to do it here on the Monday edition of the drive. Our thanks to Brian. Dan and I should be back tomorrow, counting on on Drew being here as well. And we hope you.